Hey, welcome to Annotated ELA, a podcast for ELA teachers looking for ways to engage and motivate your students to be better readers, writers, communicators, and people. I'm your host, Melissa, a classroom teacher with 20 years experience in middle school. Join me right here each week for practical tips, stories, inspiration, and actionable strategies to use in your classroom and some laughs. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Annotated ELA. I'm so glad you're joining me this week because I am diving in to all things context clues. Used context clues in reading, they say. It will help, they say. I don't know about you, but the amount of times that I have been told to have students use context clues in reading would make me a millionaire. And the amount of times that I myself have used the phrase would probably double that fortune. The problem was that my students didn't know how to use context clues and I didn't know how to help them. Until now. I just finished reading Bringing Words to Life, Robust Vocabulary Instruction, and Words, Words, Words. And let's get into all things context clues. I had some eye-opening moments. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the not-so-pretty of context clues. Problem number one with context clues is that we are teaching context clues in contrast, where how is this different from this to help them determine context clues, or we're teaching it as synonyms or a positives. Either way, these are usually made up context that we've made up to help them determine the meaning of a word. And this rarely transfers to a natural context. The second problem is teaching context clues in a natural context because any reader can only reliably predict meaning from the most directive context. This means that unless the context is directly giving a definition or a really clear idea of the definition, there is no reliable way to make meaning, even for some of our most advanced readers. The context clue in reading must be directly stated in the text. Otherwise, they're not going to get the quote-unquote right definition, which is okay, and I'll get to that in a minute. Problem number three is that when they compared how low-ability students used context as opposed to how high-ability students used context, context clues in reading left a pretty big gap. Low-ability students tend to do the following. They either use a limited use of context where they focus too narrowly on the context and fail to consider other key aspects needed to determine the meaning, or they do the opposite and use too broad of a use of the context where they use the entire context to determine the meaning of the word. Finally, what low ability students might do is they make the meaning fit. They come up with a meaning and then develop a justification to accommodate the meaning Because let's be honest, I tell my ELA students on the daily that if they can justify their answer using text evidence, then there really is no wrong answer. And that can be true. However, we still have to dance around the meaning of a word, but they're really, really good at taking what the text is saying and helping it fit what they want it to mean. All of this is to say the vocabulary instruction needs to focus on the process of learning new words and not the product of coming up with the words right meaning. So that's it. That's the fix that we're going to look at today for teaching context clues. 
The process of using context clues in reading starts with the teacher modeling how to consider what an unfamiliar word in context might mean and providing lots of opportunities for students to practice. Then guide students to identify the key target words. And even if students do not come up with the correct meaning, look for students to place the word in the correct domain. When students encounter the word again, they have some background knowledge of it and they will be able to build on what has been learned and get closer to the meaning. We don't need students to get it right. We just need to model how to find those key target words and then try to make meaning from that. This does bring up the problem of, well, what happens when students can't identify the key target words and or have no idea what the key target words mean? Then we probably need to work backwards and do some more direct vocabulary instruction, especially with word parts to help them puzzle it out. Because really, that's what we're teaching them to do with context clues is find the key target words that are there to help us determine what those words might mean. And one way to do this is to ask the students to paraphrase. And so this is step one in the instructional sequence to use context clues in reading. Read and paraphrase. The teacher can read and paraphrase, the student can read and paraphrase, or the teacher can read and then the student can paraphrase or vice versa. All the ways work. What's most important is that the student has an understanding of what's happening in the text. They need to have comprehension of what the situation is and what's going on when we're trying to find those key target words. Step two is to establish meaning of the context. This is done to help students think about the meaning of the context and to avoid narrowing their focus. So the teacher might ask something like, what's being said? What's going on? Tell us what those sentences are all about. These questions can themselves help students become sensitive to the connection between the context and the unfamiliar word. Step three is initial identification or the rationale. So the student is then asked to provide an idea of what the unfamiliar word might mean and explain how the context supports the choice. If a student is unsuccessful, the teacher might guide the student by returning to step two and possibly pointing out the specific content for the student. Then ask the student to provide an idea of the meaning. It does not need to be an exact meaning. Step four is consider further possibilities, and this is to help students examine more possibilities and that it may not be necessary or possible to find one right meaning for every unfamiliar word. So we're extending their ideas of what it could be. So let's review those steps really quickly. Step one is to read and paraphrase. It doesn't matter who reads and paraphrases. With older students, I would have them paraphrase. Step two is to establish meaning of the context. And step three is the initial identification or rationale. And step four is then to extend the possibility of more than one right meaning. When working with students, the process can be done with one student, a small group, or even the whole class, depending on the situation. And the situation can dictate if all the steps in the process need to be followed. Maybe you don't need to do all of those steps. So here's some ideas to support students' abilities to develop meanings of words from natural context. Students may begin making sense of unfamiliar words through a limited use of context, a broad use of context, or by making a rationale that fits their meaning of the word. 
Remember our low ability students are either going to be too narrow, too broad, or they're going to make it work for them. Natural contexts are always unpredictable and they don't ever act in a prescribed way. And so we can't expect our students to natural contexts may provide loads of information that's not needed or too little information that we're unable to even make any sort of meaning of the word. So we need to keep that in mind when we're using context clues with our students. The unreliability of natural context also means that instruction needs to focus on the process of finding meaning in the context and not the product. Go back to those steps. Focus on the process of how to determine the meaning and not if they get to the quote unquote right meaning. And always start with students paraphrasing what is happening or going on in the text and then asking them what the word might mean. That's so important. All right, so let me just go back to those steps really quickly for instruction as a final recap, because this is the fix for context clues. We want to focus on that process. So step one is to read and paraphrase. The teacher can read and paraphrase. The student can read and paraphrase however you want to make it work. But it is most important that the student has an understanding of what's happening in the text. Step two is to establish meaning of the context. You can ask them what's being said what's going on. Tell us what the sentences are all about to help students become more sensitive to the connection between the context and the unfamiliar word. Step three is the initial identification or rationale where the student is asked to provide an idea of what they think it means. And if the student is unsuccessful, return to step two and then maybe possibly point out specific context for them. And step four is to consider further possibilities, extending understanding of the word. It means the world to me that you are willing to join me every week. If you've been enjoying the show, it would mean the world to me if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It helps the show be seen by others and encourages them to take a listen to see if they're interested too. As always, friends, remember, the magic is in the process. Thanks for hanging out with me and listening to today's episode. For more support with all things ELA, visit my free resource page on my website at annotatedela.com slash free. Until next time, friends, remember, the magic is in the process.